0: My name, is, My name is Matt. Okay. Welcome okay. to po- the Polyglot Progress podcast.
1: <laughs> Welcome to what is this episode 12?
0: I actually have no idea what episode I can check. this is. I that can was check probably something we should This have is episode at.
1: 12. Welcome everybody back to the Polyglot Progress podcast. We have a new type of episode for you today. Ooh. Yeah, um, um first, I mean, ooh, I I like how seriously? last
0: time we did a little just kind of review of our our life right now. You up to anything mm. new language-wise?
1: How about you? <laughs> um, um, I've been doing a lot of uh, conlanging, and uh, I've typically been doing German, which is always like, in my life, I have not been doing anything new, sadly. Um, but I have done what... In terms of learning another language, i uh, f- French, but that's already something I've quite a basis in, so very boring on my end. Um,
0: as of yesterday, <laughs> I've been studying languages again. Literally G- as of yes. yesterday. Um mm-hmm. and yesterday I managed to study 4 languages before noon, which felt really nice. That's really i Um cool. I'm and very then jealous. As for today, I actually feel really sick right now, which is why if I start to just, like, seem like I'm slowly decaying throughout this video, <laughs> it's because I feel really sick. Um, but I I did manage to do a bit of Japanese, which I which started awesome. yesterday. Um, other than that, I'm focusing on German for our, our trip to Germany, and then Spanish a bit. So I'm hoping to actually start with the colloquial book that I have finally today nice. for Spanish um, nice. at some point, and also hopefully do a little bit of German at some point, but I haven't gotten there yet. I'll, we'll see what happens.
1: <laughs> yeah. I also left out that I've been going through my Norwegian book and, like, just my teacher self and just uh, reading through it, because I was doing that with my uh, Latin American Spanish, and I found it to be very helpful. So uh, I'm trying that method out and seeing if I like it. So, uh Yeah.
0: Other than that, do we have anything else to recap? Um,
1: I don't think we have anything else going on.
0: No, I guess you're gonna you're all gonna watch this in like a month.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're recording this very early. We mentioned this on, this on our live stream, um, that we have this whole plan to uh, revamp how we're, how we are going about making Polyglot Progress videos, and so we're like backlogging everything by like a month right now. In in that so we can have a. Boatload of content come uh, May fifteenth, but this will be uploaded after May fifteenth.
0: Yeah. So um, as yes. of April twenty fifth, here's what's happening. Basically, yes, this is big be the preface. I have no idea what I'm doing in my language studies when you watch this. Yeah. I literally, I can't tell what I'll be doing. I don't <laughs> trust myself. Um, <laughs> yeah so that's that's what's going on right now like matt said we're starting a new series type thing today with the Mm -hmm. podcast we decided that instead of just covering language learning topics we were also gonna have some language specific podcasts and so since esperanto is sort of the language that started polyglot progress in a sense um we are gonna do this for esperanto today yeah and basically appropriate we're just gonna Talk about things like, like why we learned it, what we like about it, the hardest things, the easiest things, just, just kind of the language in general, um, and we'll do these for other languages as well. So,
1: um, before I just want to preface before we start, I don't want uh, this podcast being about Esperanto. I don't want to claim that my Esperanto is really good anymore. I have a, I have a video uploaded on Polyglot Progress of me speaking it a year or two ago. Um, it has declined since then, would love to revive it, but it's very dormant for me, so a lot of the comments on this video if they're in Esperanto, it's gonna be very difficult for me. I don't know about you Abigail, but my Esperanto, is very dormant.
0: Uh, I'll say that I don't use mine ever. Yeah. (laughs) Or still study it, but I, um, I'm sorry, my laptop is flashing random colors right now, and I'm not totally sure what's happening.
1: That's weird. Is it because you're recording?
0: No, I got it to go away. I'm not sure what that was. That's good. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? Um, yeah. But when I I like hear it, or read yeah. it, which is also very
1: rare, mm-hmm.
0: um, I do like remember things. So I'd say like it's dormant, but not actually
1: that dormant. It's it's I, less I, dormant than I think we think, because we never use it. But then when it comes back to us, it's there in full force.
0: No, I I'd say I could actually use it now if I needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's not really a thing that I even can use in my daily life, mm-hmm. and it's okay. I'm not like, present with any it situations more, for it. Like, I'd definitely go over it if I was to go to another conference or something, because there would be people there, but it's not even something really where you can really totally use it, unless you've got specific people to speak to in your everyday life, and I just don't, but it doesn't really bother me currently. So it's one of those things, it's kind of a very dormant language, but I don't care that it's dormant. Yeah.
1: I was gonna ask, um, have you downloaded or heard anything about Amikumu, the new, um...
0: I mean, I've heard about it, but I have not it. Because I was watching it. a
1: video from Evil Dia, uh, doing, like, a review of it, and it, se- it seems... from this is...
0: I actually didn't know it was out yet, so I haven't I heard think
1: that much, I guess. it's only out for English or Esperanto speakers right now, and they're working on everything else right now. Um... But as far as I can tell, it looks like, and this is just from like an outside perspective, I know nothing else about it, looks very much like HelloTalk, but
0: hmm.
1: instead of... I think it's not meant to hook you up with native speakers, it's meant to hook you up with language learners.
0: I mean, that might be better, I think The thing so. is, HelloTalk, I never can get I enough get to any... speak to me past... Like, maybe they'll do introductions mm-hmm. with me, like, I'm like, hello, how are you? And they're like, hello, how are you? and then like the Mm -hmm. conversation like ends and so i don't actually i've never actually had a good experience with hello i've had some it just takes a lot
1: of uh, discipline to stick with it and keep a conversation going i find Mm -hmm. but anyway about esperanto so uh okay that's rude good good um (laughs) um i was going to we should probably start with how we got started with esperanto what, would you like to take the reins with this All one? Right.
0: Yeah, I guess I'll take the reins because I'm kind of how that happened. So basically. <laughs> no, actually, it was me.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'll fight you fight live. Let's on do it live. podcast.
0: <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Live
0: a month ago. <laughs> um, so basically, I, one night, was kind of like. Man, I haven't studied a language for fun in like 2 years. Like cuz I mainly I did like Swedish for fun my freshman year of high school and then um didn't do anything sophomore year. Like I had French class and stuff, but I didn't do anything like on my own. And so one night junior year, I like didn't have anything to do and I was like, "You know, what? I want to I want to learn a language again. Like that would be fun." Um so I was trying to figure one out, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So basically, I was on Live Mocha, which was this website that I used for Swedish, and so it was like the only language resource that I knew about, so I was like, I'll look at this, and I also looked at Duolingo for a little while, briefly, but I didn't sign up for a Duolingo account, (laughs) um, but, Mm -hmm. or I might have for German, but then I didn't do anything with the German, um, but I was like, I don't know what I want to do, and so I was looking around, and I was like, what is Esperanto? I've never heard of that. So I was like putting it into Google Translate and having them read stuff to me, just to kind of hear, because I couldn't find any like videos online or anything. And um, it it, <laughs> it was the robot voice that I think, it's still that I think is French still, French. still the voice for Esperanto on Google Translate. But I didn't know what it was, so I was asking Matt about it, and he was like telling me what he knew about it, which was, was actually to... bass. Okay, see, because with... what I thought
1: the story was, and it's just because I have a bad memory, was because I thought you asked me what language should I learn, and I was like, Esperanto, or is it Basque? I don't know one of those, they're really cool. And then you went up and I, because I was describing one of them, I was describing Basque as Esperanto, mm. <laughs> and then this is because of a yeah. conversation I was having with my dad, and then you were like, okay, you're describing Esperanto, and I was like, yes, that's it, and then you, you were like, yeah, we should learn that.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cause I basically didn't know what a few, I like saw some languages and I'm like, I've never heard of these. (laughs) Well, um, (laughs) but yeah, so eventually I was like, wait, they've got an Esperanto course on live Mocha. Like I'm going to learn it. And then Matt was like, wait till I get home. Yeah. I was was like, I want to join. You were like a German thing or something. Was I? I think it was about like your first exchange. Like, I think you were at like an exchange meeting or something.
1: Oh, I was. I remember. Yeah. It was a meeting for my exchange. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, but basically, Matt was like, wait till I get home, I want to learn it with you, and I was like, okay, what do I do till then? Um, (laughs) Like, but, so, Matt joined in, and we basically started learning together, um, that's basically the story, like, we didn't have any kind of, like, Matt had heard of it, but, like, other than that, there was no, like, prior, like, interest like i matt had never really studied a language outside for fun mm-hmm. and i hadn't done it in a long time so it was like neither of us was really like thinking about languages we were going to be learning and stuff um and so mm-hmm. it just happened to be a thing um so that leads us into how yep. we learned the language which
1: was predominantly if not only through online resources I believe it was like nowadays. Yeah. I have some um, books. I think.
0: I still. I only have books in Esperanto. I'm, I'm going to grab my notebook. Esperanto learning well,
1: books, so I can refer to it.
0: Oh, I guess I could do that. I don't well, know if I have mine with me. Anyway. I don't think I do. Actually, I think it's a home. Um. That's true. Um, yeah, so basically we started out on Live Mocha, which was a website run by... Oh, yeah! Rosetta Stone. Um... Yeah, so it was- it was run through Ros- Rosetta Stone, but it was, like, a free language-learning website, and, like, it had, like, kind of act- like, activities slash, like, lessons, and then you'd also do activities and post them places and then lot native Points, speakers basically. would correct them and that's how you earn like like if you're a native speaker you earn it's coins to pay for your next lessons in other languages which like saying it like it that kind of sounds like a good system. idea but basically the system was very flawed <laughs> um Especially when it comes to yeah, Esperanto, very, very few people would then would go back ever, and correct your work. For I don't think
1: you. anybody ever. Yeah, no one ever corrected them. I don't think them. we
0: ever got ours corrected. <laughs> um. Also, we found after we left yeah. the website that they yeah. had wrong. Yep. Like some per- of our notes from on there. the very beginning. If you look back, are like blatantly incorrect. Yeah, um, I- I'm
1: looking at the first page of notes, and it does not.
0: There was no, but I remember there was like one grammar point that it tried to teach us that it was like. What is this? I did like the
1: way I did like the way it taught some of it. Like I liked the format of a lot of no, it. No, I
0: liked, like I said, I liked the idea of the website. It's been shut down now, but um, I liked mm-hmm. the idea of it in that like you would help other people learn your language, and that's how you would get to pay for your lessons in other languages because that like forces mm-hmm. you to help other people, and that gets you around that problem that I have with HelloTalk, where like no one wants to speak to you in their language. Um. Mm-hmm. So it, like, kind of forces you to help other people, but it just, I, it didn't really work. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, I don't know. I would say that I don't think I had as bad an experience with Swedish with it, but at the same time, I don't think I learned any Swedish with it, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Questionable. Um. Yeah, and then we ended up kind of taking a break, because we were kind of getting fed up with Live Mocha, like, it just wasn't giving us what we needed, and we noticed that Duolingo had, um, like, I think at this point, Matt and I were both kind of getting into more, like, looking into polyglots, Mm -hmm. and, like, um, like, the polyglot community and stuff. We were introduced to the
1: community, yeah.
0: And, like, we were starting to get into language learning as, like, a big hobby, instead of just, like, a little thing, or, like, a non-existent thing for Matt, um, Mm -hmm. and so... Like, we we were both on Duolingo at that point. I think I was possibly doing German as well. I don't think I'd started it yet, though. Um, but I think I at least had a Duolingo account, and basically we saw that Esperanto was coming to Duolingo, and we were like, mm-hmm. let's just wait. Uh, like, it was, like, the announcement that it was coming soon or whatever, so we just were like, let's wait, like, a month or two, take a pause, and mm-hmm. then, um, like, come back. And I think we used a few other websites that I don't remember in that time. Like, we'd just find yeah. vocab lists and stuff mm-hmm. while we were waiting for Duolingo. But then we switched over to there mm-hmm. and completed the tree pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a small tree, to be fair. But um.
0: Yeah, it was. And w- we actually managed to do it together. Like, this is something that we've kind of wanted to do again because we haven't been able to since we learned Esperanto together, which is where, like, we s- were on in the same the page all the time and, like, wouldn't go further in the tree and stuff but we haven't been Mm. able to just like time it right i think which is the thing is i think maybe this summer we'll be able to do it again because we we want Mm -hmm. to try it again but it hasn't worked out in the past so um
1: and people are probably gonna say why didn't you use layer new
0: i think that's about it somehow
1: we didn't know about it and did, what, did we not like it or something? I
0: think we it like well a few times. Because, like, now, when I go to study
1: Esperanto, Esperanto.
0: Went over our heads or something? I don't know.
1: Mi es esperantun.
0: I love Esperanto. Should we <laughs> Esperanto?
1: Um, I'm going to erase that moment from my memory. Love Esperanto. But, yeah, and I use it now because I find it really cool and, like, it's very modern. Um, but I don't know how we never knew about it oh
0: i think were they down actually for a while i don't remember if they were i think their website was like under construction or something like i don't know if i'm making that up but i think i remember their website actually being down for a little while and so that's why we didn't use it um yeah so kind of our next segue, because I made a bunch of bullet points of things we can talk about in this series. Yeah. So I guess next thing, yeah, we didn't use a lot of Although, resources, what can we so that was resources kind of a quick Because
1: Duolingo, little um, section there. I find for Esperanto, um, was really great. We both love the, the voice, the voice actor. Um, he's great. I, I really and, enjoyed uh, the is Duolingo Is there a female as well? Esperanto.
0: Woman? Yeah. Um,
1: okay. Yeah, they may have added one. But, um, yeah, I can only recommend good things about the, uh, and most people say, like, you know, you can't learn a language with Duolingo, um, it might be an exception, I would...
0: I think Esperanto is actually an exception for that.
1: No, you, you might get to, like, an A2... I'd say you can't,
0: you're not, like, a C2-level Esperanto speaker, but, like... I
1: mean, you're gonna wanna venture outside of Duolingo, of course, but, I mean, honestly, it's a good starting point for Esperanto, uh, Duolingo. I believe. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. It's all, like, self-inclusive. Like, you don't need to... Like, because people were finishing the the tree within days. And, like, it was a race.
0: Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. some of the Duolingo courses, though, like, they don't spend enough time on certain points. And so, like, you... In a sense, Mm -hmm. you can't do it without looking at another resource
1: as well. So if you were to encounter it just doesn't it outside do you enough to Duolingo, you wouldn't understand and not understand fully understand the point and stuff as basic a but, concept um, as they're making it seem.
0: Yeah, but I think you can It all just builds upon itself, whole it's
1: really easily. good Because a lot of Duolingo for courses you know what, like introduce it, new uh, vocabulary Espronto. in each thing um and this slowly does it and then changes the vocab with grammar and it's it's very um it's very well done.
0: Okay, so on that note, um, how hard did we find it relative go to the other languages we've studied? Um, <laughs> I've written in my notes, so easy, OMG. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, is the easiest language Definitely. I've studied. Um, like, by far. Um, literally, I don't think I, like, Esperanto just, I... There are very limited yeah. things that I can say, like, tripped me up ever, and, like, yeah, I was, just kind of, like, really flew great. through it and just, like, had a good time, and, like, it was, like, really easy, and, like I said, now I can literally exactly. go like, months and months and months without thinking about Esperanto, yeah, it really and then I'll time. just be able to speak in it right away, and that was after we only studied it for, like, two, mm-hmm. three months, like, full-on studying it, and I can still just, like, recall everything. Especially um, for, like, non-language learners. So I'd say it's, it's, it's very, very appealing, easy. I
1: think. Um, it's a good foundation.
0: Obviously, like... Yeah, I'd say that it's easy even for people that haven't studied a lot of languages. Like, that certainly helps, like... It's
1: gonna be different. Um,
0: obviously, like, our opinions mm-hmm. on what languages are difficult for us and stuff are based off of our native languages and languages we've studied yes. and like mm-hmm. personal things, but I yeah. think Esperanto in general is a very easy language. I mean it was designed to be. But um just in general, like the grammar was super easy and straightforward. I struggled then, with a lot of the like, vocabulary because I was French only familiar Spanish, with which Germanic which roots. But like I know you struggled then again, a little I, bit. I had an there. easier
1: time with the words that had Germanic roots than Abigail, even though like they may have had some similarity to English, and then we both struggled with Slavic roots because, like, like the word for folder, mm. I don't even remember it, um, but I remember having, like some cr- it being a crazy word because it had a Slavic uh, origin, yeah. and uh, that's the thing with Esperanto: some words are going to be much easier than others. Um, but overall, you understand it at the end of the day. Um, I I said I have an interesting take on this because I said. For the hardest, the advanced grammar um, gets you, it got me at least. And I think this is because um, it was the first language I studied outside of German and my German at that point was like, what, 10th grade level? Um, So I was not familiar even with a lot of English grammar, I'm still not because we're not taught it here. We learn our grammar through learning foreign languages, um, American education system so so I find, th- like, if you remember the, when you add e.g. to the end of e.g., like a transitive and intransitive verbs were something uh, very interesting and difficult for me, I think, and I don't remember if Esperanto has ergativity but it has, I think that's transitive um, this these aspects to it, which you don't need to come across, um, for a long time, but when you get to that bridge it was difficult for me to cross, and I don't know if I ever have, because, um it's, um. So for the advanced grammar, it's hard, but for the easy grammar, which is all of it basically, it's very easy and approachable. Mm. No. It's typically like literature and newspaper articles. Yeah,
0: I think the um, thing is though, is that I've never. I don't think in any conversation I've ever had, I've even used. the advanced grammar. Like. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't recommend it, if but you're you like can Matt and I are the only one in like introduce to yourself in to these really like situations, that honestly, you, you can stick to like the bare minimum because like real like... yeah, like, like one of like...
1: them,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I mean, it's certainly helpful to know when you'll be able to say more things,
1: correlatives,
0: but I, uh, I honestly, um, you don't end up okay, using a lot of
1: we We made correlatives. I,
0: I, I like I feel like the hardest aspect um, for me was the correlatives. And I so honestly weird. don't know if I know those I know. <laughs> still
1: they're so useful, yeah.
0: The correlatives no, are really yeah. useful in like a ton Very of and stuff. In that sense. But at the same time, like so I'm this is my correlative like chart. I just still can't wrap the ha- my head around the fact that I could make can any I, can word I as well. Like I, I can just like, say this isn't an Esperanto something. Lesson,
1: but I'll just run it through the basic Which is a idea. weird. So basically, um, you have the plus consonant I just, K. You
0: gotta memorize them. And okay, so basically every different.
1: consonant and then vowel combination here means something. Yeah in that, if you have a K, that correlates. Correlative, get it to the um to the who what when where why essentially um and then by changing the vowel stem or the vowel um suffix uh you're changing what you're talking about so who is kiu um where is kie um when kiam and then so if you you were to go down this list it becomes um the question words become uh what do you call them indicative words so T.U. means that person, because it was who, becomes T.U. E.U. some person. Uh, K.I.E. where, T.A. there, T.A. I'm not pronouncing it right. Um, E.A. somewhere, um sometime, E.O. some things. So you, can, you can kind of see the sense of things here. And once you get a feel for this uh, vowel uh, like, consonant pattern, you're able to say so much. And it was designed to be this way, obviously. Every language doesn't work like this. Uh, Zamenhof designed it. And um, this is probably one of the fun facts we'll talk about, or one of the reasons to learn it, is that it's just, from a linguistic standpoint, it's very interesting. And from a historical standpoint, it stands out among other languages. Um, But yeah, there's my spiel on correlatives. They're really helpful. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I don't know. Thank you. You got anything you want to add? Yeah. Um. I, I don't know. And if I was to see these these words in a text, I'd be scared. Because I need, I need my little chart um, to know no, what yeah, these are telling the nice me. I, I had this posted on my wall here for a long time. Because anytime I need one, I would just glance at it. And eventually they kind of stick in your head. But it, it's really cool. It's... It's interesting, man. From a grammatical standpoint, this is like. Whoa. Yeah. Yes. And then infixes.
0: There's also ones other than that. You can combine to make, them to make like a, other things. There's like a stem that means like small, and then there's a stem that means like. Like basically, you can combine them And then also, it, like it's, it's hard to wrap your head around, like, like you were saying before. It's a lot like. You can combine them to taking, just make.
1: Uh, Words, the power like of the language and like, control over helpful, it, but at and the you can same manipulate time, it, like, but it's manipulation lot. that makes <laughs> sense. So, like, CAFO uh, means coffee, and then the, the infix, A, um, E-J, A, means a place. So you can make CAFEYO, and that means coffee shop or cafe. Um, and so, like, add up in a language, and, and once you start to see these patterns, it's really interesting and really cool or at least for I guess people like us who like this kind of thing um oh yeah (laughs) yeah
0: I mean I think that's more of a personal thing too like I'm sure you didn't have as much of a problem with that but like I still don't get that in German too where they just like smash words together and I'm like (laughs) what
1: <laughs> um, Yeah, it, it's definitely it, it's very difficult which, I mean, to train I, it your brain make to think in a way that like coffee recognizes place.
0: these sounds,
1: these phonemes, like, as I,
0: in my uh, brain, identifying something
1: separate else that you'd be used to seeing a different way. Like, <laughs>
0: um,
1: and um, it's interesting, too, because a lot of people will ask the question, oh, where is Esperanto spoken? You know, what country speaks that? and Esperanto doesn't have a country that speaks it. I don't think it's a it's a national language of any country yet. Um, yeah. Throw a, first, throw a fun fact at me. Oh, sweet. Awesome. Yes, please.
0: I actually can't throw MKU? my first fun fact in here, because I... <laughs> I one of the things I wanted us to have was fun facts, so I've just researched them and I'm like, I'll throw them in as they come Wait, up. Wait, <laughs>
1: you're gonna blow my mind. So,
0: um, I've I've got Japan? some fun facts for you, and so I've got Is it a no, I've got language? a few things for you. Um, since you just said that it's not the official language anymore. um, it's I don't know if it it's China. the official of any oh my specific gosh, that's country awesome. necessarily. I don't it's been know very however. popular for a long time. The Chinese government, since 2001, has used Esperanto for news, like, online, um, and also for certain magazines. Also, um, the Vatican uses <laughs> That's Esperanto awesome. as a language. Hold on, I'm going to the Vatican to, like, website. to, their website and listen to their radio and things. <laughs> um, and that is because, um, Esperanto was actually really popular in fascist Italy, just stuck around in the Vatican. <laughs> um, so th- so the Vatican yeah. and China use Esperanto as well as no there way. is the first um, That's awesome. or I think this is the first place to do this. I'm not sure. but That's the so International cool. Academy of Sciences is in San Marino actually uses Esperanto as the the like language of instruction. And if you Google it, um, I'm on the wrong you website. can see, I don't
1: see like, anymore.
0: the website available in Esperanto the and Vatican. in English. But, yeah, One so sec. it's a university that Wait, uses Esperanto Wait, of the Vatican City State.
1: Entirely. Oh, no, that's Esperanto. From EO is Esperanto.
0: Alright, hold on. Let me find it.
1: Radio. Okay. Yeah,
0: I found it. Go Vatican Radio. Or en.vaticanradio. E- or radiovaticana.va. I'm sorry. And then well, language, cool. you select Esperanto.
1: Esperanto? Yeah, we're having a good day today.
0: And surprise. Now,
1: is this just you translated? Can see things or about is this the their Vatican, site? This is so cool. going
0: on. In Esperanta. In Esperant. I'm sorry.
1: That is awesome, and I am very happy to know about that. Wow. This is very cool. Um, so, okay. I don't know that if it's the day. official
0: language of any country, but you do have places that are
1: using in Um, Esperanta uh, tenses, there. how to figure out what nouns are,
0: are grammatical
1: gender, because okay. there's only one, um, <laughs> Yeah, but basically knowing how, you to, you how to make uh, different tenses, present tense, AS, future tense, OS, past tense, IS. It doesn't get much easier than that. <clears throat> um, and then nouns are O, you put an O at the end. To make a plural, you put a Y. Accusative case, get an N. And all of, you put a J, it makes the Y sound, thank you for catching me. Can I, have uh, do you want my resignation on your desk? We're having a great day here.
0: You put a Y wine <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> this is a mess of a podcast. I'm over here, I, I um, literally, I bet if you, like, look at me, yeah, if you, I like, agree. just skip, like, oh, any, boy. like, bit in the podcast, um, I'm gonna be, like...
1: As I'm, like, dying Um, inside because of how sick I I feel. And then, like,
0: neither of us can talk. Grammar
1: is easy. If you don't like grammar, uh, study Esperanto grammar for, like, a few hours. You'll be, you'll change your view on grammar. Mm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, grammar was definitely yes. easiest. Yes. And for like me forming basic well. sentences. And that's part of why I think I had such an easy time with
1: the language. is,
0: like you can literally, like, you just have to learn some vocab and you can say literally anything. Yeah. Because, like, I-, I would say is, you could, like, you can read pick up one line e- and like, figure out how the to use it. Three main the case. tenses in a day. Um. <laughs> Along with.
1: It, it, yeah, and it, and yeah, it is only sentences. one case. I don't know if it has also, any others. Like, I just like want to say it doesn't. There's a,
0: a case in Esperanto, and it Nominative takes you, like, accusative. 30 minutes yeah. to learn. Um, if that.
1: And so if you've ever... If you haven't studied a good one to start with, because it's very simple... Um... But yeah... Yeah, definitely.
0: Well, I guess technically there's two cases, because... Just
1: to treat yourself. Treat yeah. yourself with Esperanto. Um... Because I was going to say, like, um, if you want to say, I have an apple, it's mi havas pomon. And, like, so or if it's you Or it's a good if one if you're like down, struggling me, with, like, I one of those languages simple. that has, like, um, 30 cases. Like, go, go, go to Esperanto S- just, like, treat yourself. Pomo means apple, O means <laughs> it's a noun. And then the N signifies accusative case. So that's, you're having the apple, I have it. Um, it's a it's the object of the sentence. Um, so mi havas pomon. And then if you want to pluralize, I have apples, um, havas Pomoin. O-J-N, got it right. Um, and so it's, it's very simple in that aspect compared to a language like German, which is, um, one of the only other, uh, I want to say Kasich languages. It's not a word, the languages with cases I've learned. Um, <laughs> I speak English, a Kasic language, um, because, if you were to say uh, the amount of times I probably even said Ich habe eine Apfel No, it's Ich habe einen Apfel um, Because der Apfel becomes den Apfel And like word. that German is just so much Because you've got articles that change gender And it's so all over the place your first, Esperanto keeps it simple La stays la And the indefinite article just doesn't exist So It's pretty great It's pretty great. I don't know how to convince you about it. The history of Esperanto is also a very admirable one, um, from my perspective. I won't try to push it on you, but I'm a big fan of it. So now I'll push you into learning the language. (laughs) Um, do you want me to give my spiel on Zamenhof? What? I've been talking the whole time. No, 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 I've been to- hey, hey, I've been talking the whole time, do you wanna- want a little spotlight?
0: Well, I suppose that should segue- segue us into reasons to learn the
1: language. Yes.
0: Yeah, you can go first. (laughs) You seem pretty ready. Um, I mean, just to start off with, it's really easy if you (laughs) haven't gathered based on what we've said and also like going on it, it's tougher in german um, though it, it <laughs> will help you learn other languages i think i would not know what the accusative is if it weren't for duolingo because it makes it really easy and somehow i get it right yes. like every time in esperanto i still i still don't get the accusative right in german cuz so, it would um, be easy guess it didn't help me that much mm-hmm. guess it didn't help me that much but um i right, i think now at least i Like, I know that I need to go practice the accusative in German, probably, but I know when I would use it, at least. And I almost wish that Esperanto had other cases just for um, the fact to that to give you advice I
1: on that Probably very quickly, would i would know say them focus on data now. for right now um
0: genitive like i'm still very confused as to when to use the dative and genitive in german you do that's um, good cases though in i, I in like german i like
1: the genitive case but currently. apparently that's it's like, like falling out of use at the moment cuz i'm like um, I but i don't i like
0: understand. it Understand. <laughs> um The thing is, is I feel like I get genitive more than dative. (laughs) They're
1: they're for different things, but I I know what you're talking about.
0: Okay. Um, Because I know you can use the dative instead of genitive. um, Oh, I know what you're talking about, yeah. the genitive is, like, more often used. It's, like, the more correct way to go about it. Um... Mm -hmm.
1: I'm thinking dative in the sense of location, because dative has, like, two purposes. No, but
0: you can replace it. You just have to restructure the sentence. But technically, you can say the same thing. Yes,
1: then, then you um, can also using use dative.
0: either case. It's yeah. just...
1: Okay. But this is about just, Esperanto. You can't just, like, slap it down so instead of
0: the genitive, but, like, if you, re, if you like, rearrange a few words... You want Esperanto? It's not German. the exact same thing, but differently.
1: Yeah, that's really impressive. Mm-hmm.
0: No, no, no. If you want to use the genitive in terms of, like, possession, then... <laughs> yeah. 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 There's your little mini German art debate. Can, when can you use the genitive? Look at that, though. I knew it's, when to use the genitive. Um, Everyone be proud in the comments. Be like, wow! <laughs> that girl and her genitive. That's not bad. Um, I'm gonna...
1: I, I think this is something well, you've done too. about it with you. It's really easy, um, and... You'll for a lot of standardized and testing and in America just in I'm general sure a like if you're not sure too. things there are like bits nouns on grammar where you have to, like that's it's something very that silly. I was at least you have to identify more confident oh, going what's in the, with uh, but if that's something that uh, like parts subject of speech, here what's, what are the adjectives really being said for here for it's very more advanced probably um the point in time where i would translate the sentence to esperanto um because esperanto marks everything it's like if there's an a on the end of that it's an adjective. Um, if it's got an N, it's an accusative. So that's the object, and like, it, it's very logical. It's, it's cool in that sense. And if you if you like your languages to be more natural than logical, it, it, I understand why Esperanto may frighten okay. you, but um, or like you might not. Yeah, I love natural languages. Yeah. mm Hmm. And conlang, for those who don't know, is constructed language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I
0: still don't know how. Although I make conlangs. Con I mean, I like natural languages. I mean, I, I, ref- I don't want to study any other conlang. Yeah. Like Esperanto is literally the only conlang I have plans to study at all. And also, I don't
1: there's well, no it's always I'm changing, changing. and like I've got that, that's how him, it was meant I to be it like became a natural, natural language and it's one of the only um, constructed languages but I, I think that Esperanto it, is also is used with, because when he, when he published Esperanto he didn't attach any copyright it to it and even he with the structure and
0: stuff so that way it could be changed and it could evolve
1: and like there's a big debate like there are trends
0: in the language I don't know so. if it's been
1: solved yet, but there was a big debate, like, there have been in a lot of languages over gender and pronouns in Esperanto, and so, um, there are, like, different sects of Esperanto as into, like, what pronouns can you use, what pronouns do we recognize, and, um, even, like, the w- in morphology, and so, there's a lot of, um, if you want to say politics attached to Esperanto, um, but it all comes from, it all stems from what its purpose mm-hmm. is. It's purpose is to allow people to speak to one another, and no matter how you're speaking Esperanto, you're speaking Esperanto. Um, And no matter how you speak it, it's it's a big step in terms of the world and in mutual understanding, I think. (laughs) Yes. We met Chuck Smith. It's the one time Esperantists are together.
0: Yeah, um, so I guess other reasons to learn it. It's nice for conferences and things, um, yeah. to meet people from other countries and stuff. Obviously, like, you could do that with other languages as well, but I think conferences it's definitely it's tough. fun because it's kind of mm-hmm. the one time when you get to speak it. So it's kind of like really exciting when you finally get to practice a language. Yeah, I mean, language. I could
1: dump a little history um, on there. Um, of
0: course, if you want to have a language in, that you're definitely going to be using every day. What was it in the
1: 1800s? Day. I want to say maybe not the language reads, but, 70, but I, don't think I mean, you could probably find Poland, a way to do it. Uh, I just uh, there was a man by the name of. Uh, I think it would be a little harder. There's not a lot. I don't know how to pronounce his um, first name. Um, L.L. Yeah, Zamenhof, I think that's about all and I he got. lived in the very linguistically divided town of Białystok. In Poland, which was under, at the time, I think, under Russia. And so you had so many different groups of. Uh, you had so many different ethnic groups there that spoke different languages, and it was a town that was basically in consistent turmoil, it seemed like, because people were just fighting with one another because they didn't understand each other. And so, uh, Zamenhof basically. Uh, what was he before? He was a doctor, yes. And, um,. So he was... What? I think he was working on Esperanto or the concept of an auxiliary language uh, ever since his youth. And then I forget how old he was when he published it. But, um... He published uh, the language. I don't know if it was unnamed was or whatever. Um, at the time he published it, but he published it under a pamphlet titled Doctoro Esperanto. Um... So, which basically, I guess you could translate to Dr. Hopeful, or Dr. Hoping, um, Dr. Hope. And Esperanto became the name of the language, which, um, which is really cool because it was created to unite his town, uh, to unite these people, to build a bridge, to, uh, and what's very specific about this language is it's not built to replace existing languages. It's built to coincide and coexist it's meant to uh have two people from the opposite side of the world build a bridge to one another so that they can understand one another um and it's it's also very cool because when you have uh, a language learner and a native speaker one has an advantage over the other because they're a native speaker um this is meant to level the playing field in that there are everybody basically starts off at the same level in esperanto and uh you only get as far as you do by study, and even no matter how far you study, it's very simple to get, it's very easy to get that far, because, um, uh, Esperanto, like, facilitates itself, essentially. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's got my stamp of approval. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I don't know if you have anything else you want to add? Fun fact, okay. That sounds awesome. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh! Oh, I think I know what this is gonna be. Yeah, I, yeah, this is it. Um, Soviet Russia.
0: Well, I'll give you one more fun <laughs> fact. This is my favorite fun fact, no. but it's bad to preface it with that because you'll be like, as soon as I start to say it. Um, so basically, during World War Two,
1: Population.
0: Um, Esperanto was actually banned in Germany, and also, like, Esperanto speakers were sent to concentration camps and killed and such. But, my favorite part... That, that was not my favorite part. <laughs> the part that makes this my favorite part is that while they were in, like,
1: Which concentration Which was what they camps, didn't want, Esperanto but it's what happened.
0: teach it to, like, the Jewish, <laughs> um... Yeah, like, population, mm. um, and, like, anyone else that would be there. It's so cool. Um, and they'd teach mm. it to them, and then when the guards would ask what language yeah. they were speaking, they'd say... Because the societies Italian. were banned. So, basically, the language got spread among the camps as well. Oh. Um...
1: I just, I just got chills yeah. remembering something. Um...
0: And that made it also so they could all communicate with each other if they spoke different languages. But also just, like, like it's like an act of rebellion. Like, it is like they were sent there to, like, not, and then they're like, let's teach it to everyone. And, yeah, somehow the guards never realized it wasn't Italian. But Um I
1: just enjoy that. I, I would find the story, but I think I'm just going to very poorly misquote it. There was, um an Esperanto family that lived in the Nether or Belgium, or the Netherlands, I think. Um, uh, not an Esperanto family, a family that spoke Esperanto. Um, and, or at least somebody there did. And the, the German front was approaching this town, and this family was going to be, uh, what's the word? Sent out of your house. For- evicted, forced to leave, um... And
0: English
1: forced to leave and I think he ran a bar where uh they would have Esperanto meetings. The club would meet for Esperanto of this town. And I guess somebody in uh somebody in the club put up a sign on the door that said the first two lines of the Esperanto anthem. Um which if I can look it up it it, it gave me chills. Um, and then it was torn down when the German guard came through and then someone from the German guard put up the next two lines. Basically saying, like, it's okay, we're we're gonna get through this. Um, oh Oh yeah, it's this um Enlemondon en Venice Novacento mondo eras fota so into the world came a new feeling through the world goes a powerful call and then so this was taken off the door and then the german put on something else w- which said per de fatilla vento nunde loco Flugu a loco um by means of wings and ge- of a gentle wind now let it fly from place to place which um which i thought was really cool and i loved when i read that and i don't know the truth behind that but i think it's a very nice story um And I hope it is true. But so Esperanto does have this rich history in Europe. And it it isn't just Europe. It's been spread to Africa and Asia. It's very popular in China. Um, I think a lot of monks use it. If I'm not wrong. Um, I think if you look on YouTube, I think there are a lot of um, tours of monasteries in Esperanto. Or at least you can find them because I know there are some that definitely use Esperanto. Um, but it's very interesting, it's a very international thing, and it's very internationally minded, so if you're into that, it's definitely a language for you, and I would definitely recommend it. Um, though, I shouldn't recommend languages, learn what you want. <laughs> it's not like it's a, a language is a video game. But it is. It's funny. It's fun. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, we probably right. should well, before we note, say something that we're gonna regret.
0: I think we're gonna get going.
1: Um, I don't know.
0: What do you say, Matt? <laughs> well, okay, on that. Thank note, you guys very
1: much for listening.
0: <laughs> um. So.
1: Yes, please. I
0: I'd mm-hmm. say recommend languages for future episodes of this, but there's really only so many. And we those can would do.
1: be French. So I guess
0: tell us which one you'd like to see next, of the languages you've studied. Um, yeah. I suppose we could do ones that we've studied individually, um, mm-hmm. and kind of talk oh, yeah, about like, it as uh, well, like things that
1: I can ask, like, oh, someone this who work? hasn't
0: studied it thinks. Mm-hmm. So if you have any- Sounds
1: good. Alright. Languages
0: like that as well, we can do.
1: So Thank you guys for watching, for listening, and uh, we will see you next time. And remember, practice Practice makes makes progress. Nice. Not bad.